0: To of you from the couch. My name is Rich. And I'm Jen. And today we are going to Italy, Jennifer. We are. Yeah, we're going to go and we're, we're watching, or we already watched, and we're going to talk about Equalizer 3, or The Equalizer 3, I guess.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Now I know we've both seen the other two films in this film franchise, but did you know, Jen, that this is actually
1: based on an 80s TV show? I did, but... That's because you told me, <laughs> but wow, I did not <laughs> previous to that know that it was an 80s TV show. Okay, well,
0: I was just setting myself up to look really smart I guess <laughs> although although I don't know how really smart I have to be anybody that can look it up on Wikipedia or something like that will see that it's based on it or anybody that was cognizant of television from mm-hmm. 85 to 89 would really you know know about that no, I know you didn't really have TV available to you when you were a kid so. That's probably why you don't really We did. We just didn't watch it. Right, but you, yeah, when I say available to you, it seemed like what your dad was watching is what you guys were watching.
1: Right, whatever my dad wanted to watch, that's what we watched, or we were told just to go outside and play.
0: Right, right. Now, The Equalizer, if I remember correctly, I think my parents watched this show, or at least for a little while watched this show, and I remember the commercials for it. And the original show starred Edward Woodward, as Robert McCall, the former guy. It was kind of like an Incredible Hulk type show. You remember in the Incredible Hulk TV show, he would just go from town to town and he'd help people until he hulked out and then he had to move on.
1: Never watched it, but sure.
0: Okay, well, that was, I mean, that's, that's pretty much an 80s TV show in a nutshell, right? That's how most 80s TV shows were. Right. Like the A-team, they showed up, they helped the guy, and then they had to leave because they mm-hmm. were being pursued. This is kind of a similar situation. He'd go and he'd help somebody and then... He didn't want anybody to find out who he was, so he had to move on to the next town. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's kind of where this had its genesis. Okay. So then that's and that is literally the only thing that I know about that, and the only reason I know about Edward Woodward is because Edward Woodward is in one of my favorite films, The Wicker Man, back in the seventies. He plays a police officer in that, and he's a British actor. And I was like, wow, a British actor playing this character is interesting. So, cool. Yeah. So. Since we know that we've both seen both of those movies, we can just bypass that, I guess. Yes. All right. Why don't you tell us who is in and uh, created this movie, and
1: then we'll move on. All right. This was directed by Anton Fuqua. It was written by Richard Wank, Michael Sloan, and Richard Lindham, And it stars Denzel Washington as Robert McCall and Dakota Fanning as Emma Collins.
0: Anton Fuqua is... Um, a director that I really appreciate. He made that uh, that Magnificent Seven movie, that uh, that remake, mm-hmm. and I really, really liked that one. He also did uh, a movie that I think you're familiar with, Training Day.
1: Yes. Yeah. So this is actually Denzel's and Antoine's fifth movie together.
0: Right. Well, yeah, because they did Magnificent Seven, they did all three equalizers, and they did, yep, they training, did day. training Day. Yep. So.
1: so they worked together quite a bit. So, yes. Yeah.
0: Yes, they did. They did. Antoine Fuqua, I think is one of those guys that he's like an action movie. He's action movie director. Like he's really good at directing action. Mm-hmm. You know, how like when we watch a movie and it's an action movie, but it's not directed by a guy who's like a seasoned action movie vet. You can, you can fucking tell mm-hmm. you just know that this guy just doesn't know what the hell he's doing. This dude, this dude knows what he's doing. This is one of those guys. This is like my Steven Spielberg of action movies. Okay. Yeah. Antoine Fuqua, I'll watch anything that this guy did. He did a movie called Tears of the Sun with Bruce Willis that was really, really good. That is a, like a, it was like, it's like a military movie where they where like Bruce Willis is in it. And he plays this, this character who has to go in and like rescue these, these Navy SEALs. Okay. And it's all action and stuff. And it's like typically what you would think of. Like, this is the anti-Michael Bay. This guy's the anti-Michael Bay.
1: <laughs> he makes, okay.
0: He makes action movies with heart and with characters that you care about.
1: All right. Fair enough.
0: There you go. That's it. That's it. Antoine Fuqua, you are the anti-Michael Bay. Good job, man.
1: (laughs) All right. Should we talk about the story?
0: Fine. Let's talk about the story. I wanted to talk about uh, Denzel Washington for a second, though.
1: Oh, okay. Because
0: Denzel Washington, dude, is like one of the greatest actors in American cinema history, I think. Where do you stand on Denzel Washington?
1: I am a big fan. I cannot think of a movie I've seen of his that I didn't like. I really enjoy him. Very charismatic. I feel like he's one of those actors that disappears in the roles. Yes. Like not everybody could do that. I know that's acting and I know some people are really good in their wheelhouse and Mm -hmm. everything like that. But he's just one of those rare talents that he can just be the person Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. He's just so good. He is so good. Yeah. I
0: put him in league with like Marlon Brando or um, like Jack Nicholson. Like these character, these actors who the character, you can't imagine anybody else playing this mm-hmm. character. Like he creates a character and that's it. That's, that's the definitive version of this character. Mm-hmm. No matter what he's doing. I mean, think about Training Day. Think about like Mo' Better Blues. I mean, like the dude just encapsulates these characters. Mm-hmm. He's, I, again, I just, he's a, I say national treasure a lot, but this dude is like definitely a national treasure. So. He is
1: good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he is good. Now, I, I think one of my favorite movies that he's ever been in was a movie called Man on Fire. Did you ever see that one? I
1: have seen that one.
0: That one is good. And I bring that up because that starred him in Dakota Fanning.
1: Many years ago with Dakota Fanning being a young (laughs) child. Right?
0: And this movie has him and Dakota Fanning in it. Hmm. Interesting.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So apparently they know each other outside of work real well, too, because she's friends with his daughter. (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah. So... I was watching some interviews that they were talking about, and it sounds like they're familiar with each other, just because there's some friendship there in the family and stuff. So, so they're fr-
0: he's like, yeah. <laughs> so he's like the dad of her friend, yes, basically. Yep. Yep. This would be like <laughs> us working with Miles's friend at some point, right? Like his Miles's friend, like working at our at our business, right? Yep. At some point or something, <laughs> right? Yes, that that's a little. That's something that like we don't get most of the time, you know, like like p- people like us, but actors, I think that happens sometimes. You know, right. like this is interesting, though. Well, that's interesting. All right, fine, let's talk about the plot. So Robert McCall is on a mission in Sicily and he goes into a crime lord's compound. He murders all the people in there and waits for the crime lord to arrive. And then when their crime lord does arrive, he tells him, Hey, I'm here to get something that you took that doesn't belong to you. And then he proceeds to murder the rest of the people, leaving only the son of the crime lord alive. He tells the son of the crime lord, get in the car. It's fine. Just stay in the car. And he mm-hmm. walks off with a, ba- with a duffel bag. But the crime lord's son gets out of the car and shoots him in the back, mm-hmm. like in like the lower back, like kidney area, kind of. Yeah. Which is really fucking dangerous. Like I didn't, it didn't appear to me that he got shot at first. Until yeah. like, like I thought he was just reacting to it, yeah, like the sound of the shot, right? But he got shot. So, dude, this dude's so used to being shot that he doesn't he doesn't like cry out in pain when he gets shot in the kidney. Like, I feel like that sets up for us right there how much of a badass this character is.
1: Yeah, and also how trusting he is. Also how trusting he is of a child. Yeah, because yeah. he would not turn his back on an adult I mean he's he's very cognizant of what is going on around him at all times and for him to get shot I think is actually not common right I don't think that happens to him because his (laughs) initial reaction was just panic shooting right which we don't see him panic do anything ever so that was uh, kind of something we've never seen this character do before just kind of panic a little bit
0: my first thought when he lets this kid go is that this kid's going to come back to get him. We're in Italy. They're big on revenge over there, especially when it comes to the mafia. <laughs> At least in popular culture, that's how they are portrayed. Right. I mean, no denigration towards anybody of the Italian persuasion. But the <laughs> the kid runs off after he shoots McCall, and McCall just lets him go.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, what's he going to do?
0: Right. Well, right. What's he going to do? But my thought is that kid's coming back to get him. I kind of wondered
1: that too, if this was maybe like a prequel to what the rest of the movie was going to be, but I'm glad they didn't.
0: Yeah. I thought that was going to be like a, it happened so far in the past kind of a thing that that's going to catch up to him later. I'm glad that they didn't do that here either, but I feel like that is where if they were, if they were to make a sequel to this, which by the way, it's kind of, it kind of ends well Mm -hmm. as far as this trilogy goes, if they were to make a sequel, that's how they would go. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, it's the kid
1: from the crime ward from the thing, right? But Just real quick, I do hope that this is the end of Denzel Washington playing the Robert McCall character. Mm -hmm. Just because he is starting to age out of this type of action role, I think. I, I do like that this isn't so action heavy. Like, he takes people out with few movements and mm-hmm. so it does make it more realistic that he can be an older person and still do this stuff right. but at some point at some point reflexes do start slowing down and stuff like that so i feel like stop it here this is a great place to stop it oh yeah please let's not do more
0: <laughs> but it's oh. hollywood they're gonna do more <sighs> we don't need to,
1: we don't need a equalizer 5 like john wick 5 or whatever <laughs> 5 years from now we're going to get equalizer f- 4 and but maybe they bring somebody else in for it. But McCall is the equalizer, though. I know, but you could change out the actor.
0: You mean recast it?
1: Yes, recast it.
0: I go back to my whole like, Denzel sense to be like the definitive of whatever mm-hmm. that character is. I can't yeah. imagine somebody else playing McCall I at this point.
1: I can't either, but if they're going to insist on this, I just don't want to get to the point where I'm like, oh, this is Dom. You know, because I, I like this character with Denzel Washington. Yeah. I don't want it to get trashed because they just push it too far.
0: I feel like if they were to recast, they'd put Michael B. Jordan in here because he's kind of like the soup of the day when it comes to black action stars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And no no disrespect to him at all, but I don't think he can hold a candle to Denzel's characterization here. I feel like he has a completely different energy to mm-hmm. him. Sure. You know what I mean? Like this, it would be a very different movie and a very different character. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just like the understated kind of way that Denzel plays this character. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I, I just, don't, I don't want them getting recast. I want, it to, I want them in a perfect world. Hollywood would just be like, okay, three, that was perfect. We're yeah. good. Let's and move on. we're done. Yeah. To
1: the next new thing. <laughs> right.
0: But they won't because they never do. I know. I know. All right, All right. Let's go back to the story. Okay. So McCall makes it to um, the mainland, like to mainland Italy. Mm-hmm. He, ends up, he ends up driving his car onto a ferry. The ferry takes him to mainland Italy. And then he ends up trying to drive. I don't know where the hell he was trying to drive to. I think he was trying to drive to the hospital.
1: Mm, I doubt the. Ho- I don't know where he was going.
0: No, he whatever way he kind of he kind of the car like we basically see a cop stop, mm-hmm. and because there's a car like pulled over to the side of the road with the door open, and it's McCall. He's kind of losing consciousness, and he's mm-hmm. like foaming at the mouth, like he's close to death. At this Yeah, point. he's almost dead. So the cop Geo takes him to a local doctor in this small town. What was it? Altamonte? Right, is that the name of the town, Altamonte? Takes him to a I'm pretty sure that's it Okay Altamonte He takes him to the doctor In the small town that they're in Which is Altamonte The doctor's name is Enzo And Enzo tells Gio to say that McCall fell down mm-hmm. No matter who asks Well what happened to this man? Oh, he was shot No he fell down Yeah Yeah
1: <laughs> That's their go-to Right He fell down
0: Right Uh, McCall is there for a few days, but he's unconscious for most of them. But when he wakes up, um, he becomes friends with Enzo, kind of finds him a place to stay. And he starts becoming friends, friendly with Gio and Gio's daughter, Gabby. He starts like going to a local cafe and starts befriending employees there. He's just kind of starting to like... He's coming out of a shell is what it seems like, right? Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. McCall is this character who is just kind of in like covered by mystery most of the time. Mm -hmm. But here I feel like we're starting to see him as himself, like without all that armor on. You know yeah.
1: what I mean? I also like that they didn't make it so he was automatically healed. Like they give us a little bit of time here where he's walking with a cane, yeah. struggling with the steps. Yeah. I liked that we got to see that. I'm glad they didn't dwell on it too long, right. but long enough for us to be like, he is not a superpowered superhero. Right. He is a human being. Right. It took him a little bit of time to get healed. He had to get yeah. healed up, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So basically when when McCall first wakes up, like Enzo asks him if he's a good man or a bad man, and he's like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what triggers Enzo to be like, okay, well, I know you're a good man. then." Right. You know? Because a good man won't say I'm a good... Or won't say a, a, a bad man would say I'm a good man if he's mm-hmm. trying to disguise something. And a good man doesn't doesn't consider himself a good man. He just considers himself a person, right? Like right. a human, right? right? A human, a good human, I should say. Like. Right. So McCall puts in an anonymous phone call to the dia and he talks to a person named collins and he tells her about the vineyard in sicily that he was at Mm -hmm. because apparently while he was there he found like drugs Mm -hmm. so he kind of like puts the puts the bug in collins ear to come and take a look at that so she does she goes to She goes to Sicily to the vineyard. They find like 11 million dollars in euro and then a huge stash of like these drugs. And Collins goes and tracks down McCall and she finds him at the cafe and starts a dialogue with him about like what she found and how he knew where to go or whatever. And uh, he's real like just kind of blase with her about it. Like just like, oh, yeah, you're not going to take me in. Right. You know, kind of a thing. Like, oh, you can take my picture all you want. You know, like that kind of a thing. And yeah. Like, she obviously doesn't know who she's dealing with, but he does. I think the DIA is who he used to work for, right? Is that yes. what we're supposed to be getting here? I, I Honestly, I don't remember much about... Like, I don't remember much detail about the first two films. I remember the character. I just don't remember exactly what he was doing, mm-hmm. in you know, moment to moment. It's been right. a while since I saw the first two.
1: Right. So he... The first movie... He was no longer in the DIA. He had faked his death.
0: Okay, he had faked his death when his wife died. Okay,
1: and he was kind of was Remember, he was working store, at right? like like a Home Depot, okay, Walmart yeah, yeah, type yeah. of place. Yeah, you know that and, I
0: remember. He was helping some dude get like like trained up to like be a cop or something. Right. Or yep. A security pass guard or pass a test. Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah, so he was no longer part of it, but he was in it previously. Okay. But he still had a contact with the DIA. That was that Susan Plummer. Okay, and she okay. died in the second movie.
0: Right. Oh, yeah, that's right.
1: And she was married to Bill Pullman. Bill Pullman's character. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. Bill Pullman yeah. was in that. Okay. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. I, I really I want to go back and I want to rewatch the first two movies too. So
1: I recommend them. They're very good. Yeah, they are. They are. <laughs> So
0: we get to see that there is a mafia presence in Altamonte. There's a guy named Marco who is shaking down a fish vendor named Angelo. And he wants he wants the money that, you know, that basically that everybody in town has to tribute to the to the mafia faction that's called the Camorra.
1: Okay. So yeah. every time we see Like a movie with Italians in it, there's always mafia stuff in there. So I get where you're coming from with what you said earlier, where, Mm -hmm. you know, this is kind of all in movie stuff.
0: Yeah.
1: But just kind of going to real life, I mean, there was like. In certain cities and stuff, they're these people that would shake these business vendors. Mm-hmm. I can't even imagine that. Like where we're at in modern times, having somebody come by and just take some of your hard earned money for no fucking reason, oh, no. other than they just can. It's not for no reason, it's to protect you. But they don't. They're, paying they're paying kicking his him. ass. Yeah, yeah they're, protect- they're, they're, they're paying. And him to they burn him. his business. You, well, yeah. Uh, I, you didn't pay them. It's hard to it's hard to like real life comprehend like shit like that actually happened. I don't know what level and where it's at. I'm not going to get into any of that, but it's just right. it's tough to see. It's really hard to hard to watch.
0: It is. I think the hard part is that like eh, there's a lot of typecasting when mm-hmm. it comes to Italian people. Oh, mm-hmm. they're all mafia or something along those lines. We don't get to see, like, a lot of other depictions of mm-hmm. Italian people. But in this movie, you do. You get to see the other side of it. Yeah. Which is kind of, I, I think it's nice, but it's also, it's it's shocking. Like what you're saying, like seeing what they go through. Right. You know, in certain areas that mm-hmm. that are held by these, you know, these gang gang. Yeah, and how do you even gangs? get out
1: from something like that? I mean, they've got the police on payroll. They, I mean, <laughs> they control everything.
0: Yeah. Yeah
1: stuff. All right, moving on.
0: (laughs) So Marco and his, Marco's brother Vincent is the head of this crime family, the Camorra. And we also get to see another shakedown. Marco is visiting with Vincent while Vincent is trying to get a family to sign over their building so that Vincent can create a hotel. Like their plan is to put in hotels, put in casinos Mm -hmm. and take over the town. Mm-hmm. and just make more money, basically, mm-hmm. right?
1: Now, that was at a but different town than where this is town. taking yeah. place, right? Yeah, yeah okay. a different town. Yeah.
0: The, we get to see how vicious this Vincent character is because the wife of the the couple that doesn't want to sign up for their building, the, her father is there with them. He's wheelchair-bound, an old wheelchair-bound mm-hmm. man. But then as Vincent and Marco are out on the street talking, we see their thugs throw the guy out the window and hang him Mm
1: -hmm.
0: from the window, basically. The old man. Yeah. And Vincent tells him to leave the corpse there. He wants everybody to see what happens if you don't.
1: This man gets everything that comes to him at the end. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. He's a terrible human being. Yep.
0: So Gio, the police officer from earlier, He gets a phone call that his daughter Gabby has left school early and he goes to find the teachers and the teachers say, oh, one of your officers took her. So he runs home and he finds Gabby and his wife being held captive by Marco and his goons. They threaten Gio so that he can, so they basically this is how they keep the police in their pocket, right? Mm -hmm. They are like, hey, stay out of our business or we're going to kill you. We're going to kill your family. We're going to kill your kid. And all that. So we get, to see, we get to see these guys strong-arming the community for mm-hmm. a bit here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The That night, McCall sees people running, and there's a guy running around ringing a bell, and he goes to investigate. Turns out Angelo's uh, business is on fire, like you said. And <sighs> this town feels like it's out of time, doesn't it?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like the way that they put this out... Is with buckets, buckets of water, buckets of water. Like they trip, like everybody has a bucket, and they go and they like pff, 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 throw water on the fire.
1: Mm-hmm. I wonder, it's interesting. I wonder how accurate that is, though. In some of those older established communities that maybe don't have some of the infrastructure set up to yeah accommodate a fire hydrant. Or, or a fire truck. Or a fire truck, because some yeah. of those streets, I know, and yeah. some of those towns are very narrow, yeah. and you can't really get much of a vehicle down there. Yep. Yeah,
0: I, I was thinking about that as we were watching, because there's some really cool shots of these towns. Mm-hmm. The coastal, small coastal towns in mm-hmm. Italy, and th- with, like, buildings set into mountains and stuff. And as you're, as you're sweeping through, or as you're watching McCall run up the stairs and stuff, and he's crossing little streets, I'm thinking to myself, how do these people drive around? Mm-hmm. Do they drive around? And if they do, where do they park? I think I only saw one other or two other cars that weren't owned by the mafia people. Mm -hmm. And they were parked... They were little tiny cars and they were parked off to the side of a narrow, narrow street, you know? So, like, this makes sense because how do you get a fire truck down that? Right. You don't, right? I mean, there's just not a way to do that. It just seems like so... I don't want to say quaint because I think quaint is the wrong word to use when you're talking about people putting out a fire that was set by the mafia, (laughs) but you get the idea, right? Like that's the, that's what I'm saying. It's kind of, it's kind of like, it feels like a callback to another time, Mm -hmm. even though it's not, it's, you know, true, true. So current, I guess.
1: I just want to mention too, the next day when the whole town is pitching in, helping him put that back together. Yeah. I like to see that too. Mm That small town that's just small town what people do there, you know everybody knows everybody, and yeah. this person's loss is almost felt by everybody right, and so everybody's there to help him you know get it back going again, yeah. So we, that,
0: that was really cool, yeah, absolutely, and we also see McCall helping out with that as well, which thats is kind because of
1: our, he's becoming one of them right
0: it's it's our first indication that he's you know kind of assimilating into this town, he's becoming part of it because. At one point, the lady from the cafe is going to say, hey, they think of you as one of our own. Mm-hmm. He's he's He watches a movie with them. It's being projected onto a building. Yeah. And an old lady comes by. Some Nona comes by and gives him a, a lemon. And she's like, this is good for your tea. Yeah. And he's like, and it looks... Obviously, it's a freshly picked lemon. It's still got like a piece of wood yep. stuck to it or a piece of branch stuck to it. And the, the lady leans over to him and is like, yeah, that's because she sees you and we see you as one of us. You know? Yeah. Yep. So I think this is where we get why McCall's going to go to war over this mm-hmm. because he's starting to become part of this. He's finding his place. Finally, after all this time, after faking his death, his wife's dying and being on the run and all this war that he's been through, mm-hmm. you know, he's finally, finally. And this is why I think that this is a good, such a good place to stop. He's finally finding his
1: place. Mm-hmm. This is his home. Yeah. He's found his family.
0: He's found his family. Yes, Exactly. Yeah. So Collins and her crew are still investigating the the drug ring that they found in the at, at the at the vineyard in Sicily because the idea is why would they bring all of this to a farm in Sicily when they I mean like what's the point of bringing it all there, you know, mm-hmm. just to redistribute it. Mm-hmm. They think the Syrians are involved. They they're, they're running around chasing their tail, basically. So, But, turns out that Vincent and Marco are kind of behind all of this. Like, they're plotting terrorist attacks in, like, Rome and stuff like that to kind of throw everybody off of their trail. So, Collins ends up... As part of her investigation, she's going to go with this other officer. And as immediately as they say, as soon as they say, hey, go with this person, they're going to take you to... I don't even remember what it was. They're going to take you to this part yeah. of the investigation. I'm like, that's a bad idea. Don't do yep. that. As she gets close to the cars, the cars blow up and she ends up in the hospital. Marco goes to a restaurant to go after Gio again to try and get get him to get boats from the Somalis for their their trade right Mm -hmm. for their their drug trade Marco so all the way through the rest up to this point McCall has just kind of been watching Mm -hmm. these guys do their thing right and when I say watching like staring at them while they're doing shit yeah so like these dudes like Marco and his goons will like look over and see him and they're like, "What's up with this guy?" Right? Yeah. And McCall's just like giving him the, the that that dead-on stare, like, "I know what you're doing. I see you. I'm right. watching. I'm, I'm calculating clocking this. I'm thinking. <laughs> you know." But in the restaurant is where Marco finally decides. Okay, I got to find out what the hell this guy's doing, right? And he goes over to McCall, and McCall grabs his wrist and compresses a like a nerve in his in his hand. That causes like extreme amounts of pain. Tells him to get his goons out of the restaurant. And then he tells him basically, hey. Don't threaten these people Mm -hmm. ever again. Right. And then he lets him go. And (laughs) Marco goes outside. And he's like rounding up his troops. He's going to try and go after McCall. But they're standing on a street. And there's a van up the street that he's like, hey, go get the van to one of those guys, right? So the guy goes up and he gets in the van. And then you're not even thinking about it. But then the van flies down. It's like on a little hill. It flies down this hill and, like, smashes into one of the goons and, like, like spreads them on, like, a building. Mm -hmm. And that's when McCall attacks. Like, McCall basically killed the guy in the van, set the van, you know, to go and murder the other guys. And he kills all the other guys then he kills Marco breaks Marco's arm in a really gruesome way you know like those compound fractures that are yeah. like sticking out of your arm like he really fucking yeah, that his arm <laughs> and then he takes Marco's knife and he stabs him with it you know like when he takes his hand and he's like holding it like holding the knife and they're like fighting over it and he has him to stab himself kind of a mm-hmm. thing yep. you know what I'm talking about it's like an action movie cliche but still so Vincent finds out that his brother is dead he visits he's visited by the chief of police who's apparently in league with these guys, but but the chief starts making threats and so Vincent has the dude's hand cut off, the chief of police hand cut off, and then sends him to the hospital to get reattached. Just they—they're constantly reminding us of how brutal these guys are. At like, least
1: he was nice enough to put it in a bucket of ice for him. He
0: did. It was he, like I couldn't and and help myself made him from carry laughing it
1: about it. Outside. <laughs> and then he says,
0: and then he says something about like they'll give you a hand or something like yeah. that. And I'm like, oh no, come <laughs> on, like really goofy, but like the kind of jokes that I would make, so I was on board. <laughs> This is, of course, if I were to be the one cutting people's hands off, I guess. But I wouldn't. You know, That's not me. It's not my personality. I'm just not that kind of guy, you know. So Vincent and his goons go to Altamonte. And they grab Gio. And they threaten to kill him and his family. Unless his brother's murderer, Vincent's brother's murderer, shows up. So McCall comes out and he tells Vincent to take him with them. And leave everybody else there. But before Vincent can kill McCall, Enzo fires his own rifle, and the residents take out their cell phones and start recording the mob.
1: Okay, so if this is going to stop them, why have they not done this previous <laughs> to
0: this? I, you know what? That's a that's a damn good question.
1: I mean, it's obviously they don't want this video getting out. Right. So they, they're like, no, 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 they got their phones out. At any point, why do people, instead of turning and walking away, okay, there's three of you, turn your phones on and start... Recording.
0: It's fear, and yeah. I think what we're getting here is that McCall has given them a little bit of courage. That makes sense. You know what I mean? Like yeah. McCall, who is now seen as one of them, has stood up to these guys and said, "No, we're not going to let you do this mm-hmm. to these people." So the people are like, "Yeah, hey, wait a minute. Yeah, we can, we can, we can take this." That back. actually makes you
1: know? sense. You've got somebody who's gives everybody else courage, right, to do that.
0: That's just kind of the way I took it, okay. but like. I also thought to myself, they're just recording. Why don't they just kill everybody and take their phones? It's not like anybody's live streaming here. Like, if they would have said, oh, they're live streaming us, we got to go.
1: They could have been live streaming. You never know.
0: Yeah, but they said recording. And it's like, yeah, but you could kill these guys and take their phones, you know? But I think, really, okay, so logistically, that's a pain in the ass. Because then who do you have to run your casinos and your hotels to make you money?
1: And also... Uh, killing somebody here and there is going to be a lot different than killing a whole town of people. (laughs) I think somebody out there... Would notice. Would notice and might be (laughs) like, hey, what's going on over here?
0: Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. So the police show up and Vincent and his gang head out. They return to their compound and they plan to attack... Altamonte, but before they can actually do anything, like, they're making big plans. They're eating spaghetti, and they're smoking cigars, and they're making plans to, like, attack and take down everyone in Altamonte and just basically take over the town once and for all. But (laughs) McCall has followed them home. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is, like, I, I wasn't expecting this. Like, I thought... The whole time that we're watching this, I thought there was going to be more about, like, the drug stuff. There will be. They'll connect the two dots, which is great. But I honestly thought, it felt like the drug storyline was almost a red herring to get us to pay attention to that or wonder about that. While McCall is over here just, like, wiping this mafia family off the face
1: of Mm -hmm. the earth. They wanted to connect Collins and McCall. and so. By having that storyline, that brings her in. Oh no! I'm, uh, to I'm, connecting with him.
0: Yeah, I, I, don't misunderstand me. I'm fully satisfied with the way that they do it. It's just it feels almost like, I, probably just me personally. I spent more time thinking, "Geez, this has got to." There's got to be more to it than this, right? But by the time he gets to, by the time McCall gets to their compound, to Vincent's compound, mm-hmm. the movie's almost over. Right. You know? And I'm like, holy shit, that's it. This is it. Like, this is what the movie's about. And I'm fully satisfied with that.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, his character is the equalizer, so it's right. not really, he's not a drug agent or anything anymore. So really, right, right. The, I mean, it makes sense to me, I guess. Yep, it does. But I am with you, too, because I, I thought afterwards, I'm like, I feel like we shorthanded some stuff in there, but it if I really think about it, I don't need the long hand. And how many times do I complain about movies being too long?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I, what I think is interesting here, though, is that he just left the D, the DIA to do their job. Yeah. He put them on the right trail and let them do their job. And he had other concerns.
1: He had concerns for the people, right. the local people. Right. And let let the big guys do the big guys thing, I guess. Yep. So yep.
0: So, the, McCall is in there and he's wiping people out left and right. He, uh, Vincent is asleep, though. Meanwhile, he's killing like McCall is killing all these guys, but he's doing it silently. He's not in there like guns ablazing.
1: There was a couple gunshots. There were,
0: but not like he's not like like going three. In there. Yeah, he's not going in there like John Wick though. You know what right. I mean? Like shooting everything.
1: I did make a comment to you yeah. in the theater that I thought McCall maybe needs to teach John Wick some things because <laughs> John Wick, man, he's good, but he has to do a lot of work to get people down. So I uh, know, right? So maybe McCall could teach him a few tricks to go in silently and just knock him out real quick.
0: Better action star, John Wick or McCall. <sighs> yeah, exactly.
1: I don't know. So <laughs> I, I enjoy them both. Uh, I enjoy them both, too.
0: So they, we get this great shot where, like, Vincent is asleep and, like, a little bit of blood is, like, dripping on his forehead. And you look up. He uh, looks up and there's, like, this stained glass ceiling yeah. that his goon falls from. Right? Yeah. Dead goon into the bed and like all over, you know, there's glass everywhere now. But Vincent does his best Bruce Willis impression from Die Hard and he's like running through the glass and I'm thinking,
1: oh god, what? And then they show us a thing where he tries to wipe the glass off his feet. (laughs) Oh gosh, I had to look away. I was like, oh god, that's gross. (laughs) It's making my feet hurt. Just watching it. I know, right? (laughs) Yeah,
0: he wipes it off and then, you know, he ends up he ends up getting knocked out by McCall, but when he wakes up, he finds that McCall has given him a lethal dose of the drugs that he has been peddling. McCall lets him scramble out into the street and just expire, basically. Isn't
1: this an... I mean, instead of just killing him... Yes, he like has this long tortured death. Yes. And McCall just, just yeah. slowly walks yep. after him just and just strolls along you know, like just he's taking kinda, his dog for a walk. <laughs> just kind of yeah. watching him go. Yep.
0: yep. What I really liked about this is that Vincent's death is mirrored by there's that feast and the blessing going on at the same time they're having like the the town is having Altamonte is having mm-hmm. like this vigil and this this feast. It's mirrored by that. Like, we cut back and forth between the two, and all Mm -hmm. I'm thinking of is The Godfather. There's a great scene in The Godfather. It's talked about a lot in, like, film classes. When you see The Godfather, you'll know what I'm talking about. But it is very, very... Like, Antoine Fuqua did a great job homaging that. That is brilliantly done. Cool. Yeah, it's very, very nice. Like, I really appreciated that. Like, his town is trying to heal while McCall is trying to cut the cancer out. You know, yeah, very cool. Very cool stuff. So McCall goes after this is all over. McCall goes to the hospital where Collins is staying and he tells her that the real reason that he went to Sicily was not to find the drugs. He went to retrieve some pension money from someone that he knew that had had it stolen by these criminals. And he leaves her the bag full of money. And when she gets out of the hospital, she goes back to Boston, which is where McCall is from originally, right? Isn't that where, like, the the first Equalizer takes place is Boston?
1: I think so. I feel like it is because,
0: like, he had, like, these kind of roots there as, like, this quiet, unassuming hardware store guy. So it feels like this is where he would have gotten this intel that like mm-hmm. somebody had stolen this guy's pension. Well,
1: he said he gave him a ride. So I'm yeah. assuming that he was in the dude's truck and yep. or vehicle and they were talking yep. and that's where he got the information right. and decided, hmm, this seems like a nice guy. I'm going to go kill a bunch of people and get his pension <laughs> back.
0: Right. So Collins goes to this man and gives him his money back. And they're like, hey, thank you so much, right? And then when she goes back to work... She gets a package. Collins gets a package, and in the package is a little black book. McCall's little black book, because he asks her she she asks him, "Where did you get the number for the DIA earlier?" When she finds him at the at the cafe, was so a direct
1: number right to her,
0: right? And he says, "It's in my little black book." Mm-hmm. So she at the end of it, this is this is McCall retiring, right?
1: Mm-hmm. He I gives her the, I think so.
0: Yeah, he gives her the little black book. And she flips through it and it has a note with it that says, your mother would be so proud of you. And then she takes this photograph or she looks at this photograph on her desk and we find out that the, she is the daughter of McCall's handler, the one that...
1: Susan. Susan. Yeah.
0: And Bill Pullman.
1: <laughs> yep. yep.
0: So that's when we find out. We don't get that until the end of the movie. And uh, then we get, like, a final scene with McCall in Altamonte, and he uh, he's sitting at the cafe again. This is, like, his thing. He goes to the mm-hmm. cafe every day, right? What a life. I would love this. Yeah. <laughs> so go have tea every day. Just go sit and have tea. It's great. Yeah. But as he's doing that, like, a bunch of, like, football fans show up in, like, their football gear and their, like, flags and stuff. And the lady at the cafe is like, hey, this is a big deal for us. We won. Mm-hmm. So McCall's like All right. And he gets up and he goes and he joins the revelers and starts dancing and, you know.
1: Yeah, and they're like they're it. like arms around each other, embracing. Yeah. So between the black book getting to Collins mm-hmm. and the ending where he's embracing, physically embracing mm-hmm. his new town yep. um neighbors. Right. I I feel like what a way to just be like, this is the end. This
0: is where you just let it Go. I don't care about the little... Hollywood Studios, up. listen. Yeah, they won't. Stop. They won't. <laughs> They're not they are not I gonna... really like
1: the way this ended. Just They'll leave it. They'll never listen to you. They'll never listen I know. To you. Who am I? They don't listen to you. <laughs> they don't listen
0: to us. You know why? Because we keep going to these
1: movies. I know. We're the ding-dongs that's that what... keep paying for the movies. <laughs> we're the ding-dongs.
0: <laughs> so that's, that's the end of it. That's where we get the credits. My first question about this movie is... This all starts because McCall knows a guy who had his pension stolen, right? hmm The thieves removed the pension money from his pension, and McCall went to Sicily to get it back, right? Now, let's flash forward back again to the end here. Collins is giving the money to the guy and saying, hey, here's your pension money. This is this is it. This is your money. This is what, you know, a, guy, a friend gave it to me. I'm giving it to you. Mm-hmm. That money's never been taxed. That dude's getting off with more money than he should have gotten.
1: I Okay, so my whole thought process when she was handing him the money was like, oh, well, how's he going to get that in? Because as soon as you put a large amount like that in, that triggers a form that the bank has to notify to the <laughs> IRS. So the IRS will automatically look at it, and then that will probably end up getting taxed at that point. So I don't think he'll get to keep it. I think the IRS upon if they don't report it upon audit would trigger a tax liability plus interest and penalties people so i do think he will pay the tax on it
0: i have triggered the accountant <laughs> the- but
1: it did cross my mind real quick like oh wait how's that gonna work it's gonna trigger an audit because unless if he just keeps it all cash there
0: you go and that's where and that's where my mind went which was hey
1: Get a um, get a big safe and put it in there. That doesn't seem very safe, though. <laughs> it was yeah, it was
0: not not even safe. I was like, you know what? Get a mattress. Get one of those flame retardant mattresses. Stuff that shit in there. Keep it away. Like, why would you? If you've already got it back from one set of criminals, why are you going to let another set of criminals take more of it?
1: I don't know. I don't know either. That's the like DIA, my old... I'll give them a ten ninety nine. Who knows? <laughs> the, <laughs> they, oh god, they have oh to god, account no. for the money in and out somehow. <laughs> I don't know. Although, although, no although, okay. So did Collins?
0: <laughs> is, did, did Collins report the money?
1: I would think by law, like if she's handed a bag of money, like as an agent, you'd have to report that somehow. I don't think <laughs> you can just take bags of money around and put it wherever <laughs> you want to put it.
0: I, like, oh well. I feel like if it was me, I wouldn't tell anybody. I would just give the guy the money. And if I would tell the guy, hey, do not put this in your account. Don't put it in your savings account. Don't put it in your checking account. Just keep it cash. Keep it liquid. Put it in a mattress. Put it in a safe, whatever. Put it in several safes. Put it in a safe deposit box.
1: I just want to be very clear as a tax preparer. I am not condoning tax fraud in any way. Okay, but (laughs) here's the thing. Like...
0: This man's going to have to get taxed and penalized for getting his pension back. That's the
1: that, way the IRS code works.
0: No, that's that's criminal, because this dude had his money stolen from him, yeah. and he got it back. Now, all of a sudden, he's got penalties on top of that? No, fuck that.
1: No, I was saying he'd fuck have that. penalties if he didn't report it. But, if okay. he just reports it, he would not have penalties. He'd just have to pay the tax on it.
0: Whatever, I still think it's stupid. Anyhow.
1: Well, I'm not saying it's not Dom. I'm just saying that's the way it works. <laughs> all right,
0: all right. So the I had a couple other things I wanted to talk about with this movie. First of all, the, the, the lady in the cafe, she says, who cooks for you? <laughs> mm-hmm. Which it feels like, that's like, it feels like an Italian come on, right? Yeah. Like, that, that's, that, a, that's a come on, right? I feel like, like hey, that, that uh, might making be, making dinners, that's what like.
1: I thought it was. Like, who's I thought she was going to ask him, you know, yeah. on a date. who's Who,
0: who makes you din-dins? <laughs> 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 that's not something you get around. Like, if I were in the dating pool, I don't think anybody would ever be like, hey, who's making you mac and cheese for ya? <laughs> 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 you? <know? laughs> You get some chicken tendies. <laughs> like, uh, also, there's an action movie cliche in here that I want to talk about because I, I need to talk about this. One agent always calls another agent and says, "Turn on your TV." And when they turn their TV on, it's exactly what was supposed to be seen.
1: <laughs> it's, never it's not like, SpongeBob on there. That was the right. Last it's never thing like <laughs> what
0: channel, dumbass. I would. I'm not going to just turn my TV on. What what channel do you want me to turn to? What am I watching? What am I looking for? You know? Yeah. So, and, and the last thing I wanted to talk about was the. there's a flashback when McCall is recuperating. We get this flashback of him going into the village, in, or the, excuse me, not the village, the, the vineyard in Sicily, and it's this first-person shooter perspective. It's like somebody is playing Robert McCall. Which, I mean, he is. This is how his vision would be, right? Like, he would remember this from his perspective. I really appreciated that. I thought that was damn cool.
1: Yeah.
0: Getting to see, like, his version of what happened at that vineyard.
1: Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Do you have any notes? I do not. No notes? Mm-mm. Nothing. No notes, no alternate castings, nothing like that?
1: Nope. We are in that period of this being a new movie out, mm. and very little press is getting done oh, ahead of time of because strike. of the strike. Yep. And so I was able to find an interview that they had done probably two, three months ago, but that was the only thing I could find. So
0: Good. I mean, it's fine by me. Yeah. Uh, solidarity with the the striking unions, all of them. Not just the Writers Guild and the uh, Screen Actors Guild, all unions. Anyway, so then let's let's do our thing. Let's do keep, renter or erase, Jen, and
1: tell me why. I'm gonna keep this one. I enjoyed it. It was not as good as the first two, but it's still really good. And I love the way that they ended it. I love the location. I want to go there. It's yes, so nice. I it know. looks pretty it's and. I want to sit at that place and have tea. It just seems so nice. I like it.
0: I don't want to walk up all those stairs, but I want to go there.
1: But you kind of have to, because those places don't typically have elevators. Well, I know, so. but I mean, like, you know, just I'm saying. just saying. Yeah, you'd, you'd probably have to do those stairs. Yeah. Um, I love Denzel Washington. He is fantastic. Again, as Robert McCall, completely believable. I, I still think that the way that they do the action for him, how he does his kills, seems still believable to me, even though he's older. Sure. He doesn't need all that stamina and stuff to do, you know, two hours of battling. John Wick moves. Yeah, John Wick moves. Mm-hmm. I, I think that would be too much, I think, if they were to go that route. I liked Dakota Fanning in here. Mm-hmm. The story was good. I like the way they ended. I, th- I don't remember if I said that yet or not, but... <laughs> I liked it. I enjoyed it. I want to see it again. I, I can't wait till it comes to streaming and I might do a whole back-to-back one through three and watch them all together. So Cool.
0: How about you? This is definitely a keep for me. Definitely a keep. I appreciated that they gave McCall a good conclusion to his story. This is a good leave-off leave point. This is a good place to leave this character. And what I like about what you're talking about with the action being Scaled to his age, it makes a lot of sense when you think about it. The you know, I mean, even in 2014, he was kind of starting to age out of this a little bit. So, him and the character that he's playing is that kind of a character, right? Mm -hmm. Like, he has he is an older character, he's an older, like, the character of McCall is an older guy who has retired from all of this but mm-hmm. still like helps people out from time to time. Right. He has a particular set of skills though that he doesn't that doesn't require him to be like super physical to right. get the job done. Right. So I do appreciate that that they've it's one of those things where like aging gracefully is is possible in film. Like you can show people aging gracefully in film and this mm-hmm. this is a good example of that. It's like the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, Indiana Jones 4. Uh, Harrison Ford did all of his own stunts in that movie and for him to you know for like these aging actors it you know you you lose your fear of, of aging a little bit when you see that it's still possible to do things like this mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. not that I'm gonna go out and start like putting people in pressure point holds and stuff like that but <laughs> what I'm saying is like you can still be physical and not you know right not have to just be like man I'm an old man in a wheelchair you know so. Yeah, so definitely a keep for me. This will be one of those ones that, like, yeah, let's get the box set when it comes out because yeah. I want the special features. I want it in four K and the highest definition possible, so that we can like blow the neighbors away with our windows open with like action. You yeah. <laughs> know,
1: I apologize to our neighbors. We <laughs> I want... do not.
0: I don't apologize to anybody for an entertainment. <laughs> well,
1: <matter>. so we <laughs> we. Uh... Tend to watch a lot of scary movies. So sometimes, and there's kids in the neighborhood. So I'm always like, maybe we should turn it down a little. <laughs> you got women screaming or kids screaming. And,
0: yeah. Kids are watching our TV through their bedroom windows. I right, like, ooh, going, we're watching
1: Chucky tonight. Holy All right. Shit, dude. <laughs>
0: going to get like people are going to be knocking on doors like hey can you maybe stop watching slasher movies with your windows open <laughs> no get out <laughs> america freedom of speech you're going
1: to get on my list <laughs> <laughs> oh, no you God. don't say that you just pull out a piece of paper and write, write <laughs> right on it right <laughs> oh sure hold on <laughs> yeah i'll do it what was your name and where do you live <laughs> across the street cool All right. just kidding i would never do that <laughs> i might that sounds funny <laughs> That's funny as shit, man, is <laughs> writing them down in a book. Be are like, all right. Sure.
0: Thanks. Thanks for coming over. Where are we going next?
1: All right. Next week, we're going to cover The Creator.
0: The Creator. This is that Gareth Edwards movie, right? He is the guy that directed... Is it Gareth Edwards? Yeah. He's the guy that directed Rogue One. Oh, I like that one. Yeah, which is like one of my favorite Star Wars movies of all
1: I, time. I'm not... I'm, I like Star Wars, but yeah. I'm not like, love Star Wars. I know yeah. I've said this before, but I really like Rogue One, yeah. even though the ending sucked. But I really liked, <laughs> but I, I, I know the ending was the way it was because it just had to be that way. But it was just kind of a downer, but I, I really like that movie a lot. I've seen it a couple times.
0: It's a, it's a fantastic film. And I, I as I understand it, the creator stars John David Washington, which is Denzel's kid. Who's got some of his dad's acting chops, if you ask me. He's done really good stuff. So, yep. All right. Next week, right here on the couch, the creator. Thanks for listening, everyone.
1: You've been listening to A View from the Couch, a Space Moose Media podcast. You can interact with our hosts on Twitter by going to twitter.com forward slash view underscore couch. You can also email us at aviewfromthecouch at yahoo.com. If you've enjoyed this episode, please help us get noticed by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or the podcast platform of your choice. Thanks for listening.